Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we are here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love for you to take a moment and just introduce yourself, your title, and your organization. I'm uh, Chris Rudigrop. I am the uh, CEO and co-founder of Sendoso. Uh, we're a sending platform that helps other companies send out direct mail gifts and all that cool stuff you want to send offline. Awesome. Welcome, Chris. We're lucky to have you join us today. Uh, I would love to talk a little bit about today's buyer, what matters to them, um, and how they've kind of changed the selling landscape. Yeah, it's a great question. I think today's buyers um, really, uh, you know, do a lot of homework in advance of buying. So there's a lot of information out there on the web. And because of that, when, you know, salespeople are reaching out, I think relevancy and personalization are some key things that you got to think about when um, going after the buyer. And so I think an orchestrated outreach um, and not bombarding with kind of generic mass outreach is, is really what matters to them. I think, you know, as you could, you've probably seen yourself, people can be bombarded with thousands of messages every day. So it's, you know, really reaching out something that feels more genuine uh, specifically to them. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I know, obviously, what Sendoso does, but I, I think beyond that, what are some of the ways in which you've seen companies better equip their salespeople to engage with these buyers? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, outside of what we do, I think training is really key. I think making your buyer, your salespeople smarter, whether it's, you know, onboarding training or whether it's consistently retraining, um, really gets uh, going back to making sure that that person is really orchestrated in terms of how they're outreach. So making sure you're providing salespeople with relevant content to share um, or tools to engage the buyers at the right time with the right message and the right medium. So, you know, whether that's a, a phone call, an email, a, a video message, a direct mailer, uh, you know, targeted content, whatever that may be, I think that's really key to making sure you're kind of engaging the buyer uh, at the right time. Absolutely. And and what are some strategies from your perspective around encouraging or maybe even training sales reps to be more personalized in their outreach? What are some best practices that you guys have among your sales reps over there at Sendoso? Yeah, so I think it all starts with research for sure. So really learning about the industry, the roles, you know, what are their pain points? How are the buyers looking for uh, success and KPIs? Um, and I think it's above and beyond just research on the, the prospect's company, but even themselves, you know, social media profile reviews, um, blogs they've written, podcasts they've been on, you know, really uh, trying to find ways to be more personal and relevant and relating to that buyer. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right that research is important. I think there's so much information out there that's available on people nowadays. Um, have you guys found a way to really kind of streamline and consolidate a lot of that information just to cut down on the amount of time, though, that it takes your reps to do that research? 
Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things uh, that we see is breaking it down into groups. So in some cases, you know, if you're going after thousands and thousands of buyers, one-to-one can sometimes be time-intensive and not as scalable. So thinking about, hey, what are some similarities, whether it's the role, whether it's their their region, whether it's uh, background. So really uh, looking at different ways that you can... Uh, you know, do maybe one to 50 or one to 25 uh, to scale up your messaging that way. Um, And also looking at mediums like, you know, handwritten notes that really drive authenticity um, and can be done at scale without losing some of that personalization. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, In addition to that, what are your thoughts on some of the more digital mediums like video to personalize messaging? Is that something that your reps are using? Oh yeah, we love video. Um, I think we do video in a few different ways. So we're doing things like video of screen share uh, and video of people's faces uh, that is embedded into messaging. Um, we're also seeing video in direct mailers work really well. So uh, you know, a cool box that opens up and a video plays um, that works really well. Um, you know, different things like that. I think also including video in LinkedIn and, you know, really encouraging salespeople uh, to think about their own personal brand. Um, We actually have a a full-time videographer now that above and beyond creating content for Sendoso and our social channels, we kind of allow our our sales folks to leverage them to create some more personal content to get more video into their uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and other streams. Awesome. I would love to talk to you about um, the impact that you've seen from personalization via sales efforts. Has Sendoso done any research into um, the performance improvement that that might have on, on revenue by way of the businesses that you guys service? Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, some of the ways we look at it, um, we've looked at it Uh, from a stance of like personalization of like uh, sending out a mailer with a handwritten note versus like a printed note. Um, And we did one control study where we saw that it converted, I think it was like 60% better. So it was actually pretty uh, substantial in terms of, um, you know, leveraging personalized handwritten notes versus printed notes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the ways we've looked at it. Um, You know, it's it's sometimes hard to get really granular with uh, comparative KPIs, but we really try to do our best to, to look at that data. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that uh, within a lot of organizations, there's definitely a strong desire to pick direct mail back up as a, as a channel that they're able to offer their reps. But I think that, you know, there's obviously the cost consideration. And, and nowadays, a lot of efforts, um, even in support of sales, are required to prove a return on investment. So I was just uh, curious if you guys had any insight into best practices that you've seen amongst your customers and being able to prove that. Yeah, uh, so we look at that um, ourselves, and then we also see uh, some of the unique ways our customers are looking at kind of the ROI of that channel. Uh, One of the ways is, you know, uh, being able to streamline the data that you're, such as, you know, how how many people you're sending these uh, direct mailers to, how much that's costing, and then tying all that back to campaign data in Salesforce. So you can see things like, okay, we spent $4,000 on these, you know, a uh, thousand mailers, uh, but we've generated four million in pipes. So, what is our spend to pipeline ratio? Um, and I think looking at that is an interesting metric for ROI, and even comparing that to other uh, 
channels or other medians or other ways that you're spending marketing or sales dollars. Um, there's also, I think, a case for just the ROI of you know, people's time and effort, since that is one of the tough things with direct mail is you, you know, you're moving a product, you're kidding it, you're writing notes, you're putting things together, you're shipping things out, and that just takes a lot of effort. And so there's some ROI to be said on just effort that you, if you do this in-house and you're spending, you know, marketers or salespeople's times on that versus other selling activities. Awesome. I, I have a little bit of a side question, and I'm just curious, um, given that you guys have so many customers, um, have you guys also looked at trends across uh, when certain engagement activities occur, if there's a stronger return on that investment? I've noticed just being on the receiving end often that if I get a direct mail, you know, maybe right when I'm, you know, about to go up for renewal, or maybe when I've stayed up late to get a contract signed, I get a you know, Starbucks gift card the next day. Those are the things that have been really memorable. And I'm just curious if you guys have done research into best practices around that. Yeah, great question. I think, you know, uh, we've done some research. You know, what we're able to do is really operationalize the ability to, to do this at scale. So coming up, just like you said, with these like uh, wowable moments that matter in the customer life cycle, um, you know, whether it's uh, certain milestones during the uh, like the customer onboarding and, you know, product uh, milestones, whether it's, you know, life moments like, uh, you know, understanding that your uh, customer just um, had a baby or got married or some other moments, things like that that are kind of uh, that drive more human uh, relations. I think is something that we see as very impactful um, and something that people will remember, just like you said, of getting a, a Starbucks card or some other kind of, uh, you know, baby onesie, things like that, um, that it, you'll be more connected with that person and more likely to continue to do business because of that. Absolutely. I think you're, you're right. There's a, there's a human element that seems to be lacking on the sales side these days. So much of it has become almost automated, if you will. And so I think that the more personalization reps can offer, the better. I would love to shift gears a little bit, though, and, and you know, ask you as CEO what advice you have for sales enablement practitioners, how they can better work with executive stakeholders to gain support for enablement. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something really relevant. Uh, we actually just hired another sales enablement manager, so we're growing that team. And as part of that, it's just, uh, you know, what I really look to do is connect, you know, certain initiatives to KPIs. Um, so, for example, if there's a, tr a training initiative, is this helping reps or like new reps, uh, you know, time to close? How many days till their first deal? Um, so I think anytime there's an initiative, it's what what internal KPI or external, whether it's a, you know, a, a certain goal of hitting quota or engaging in interactions, um, or things like, you know, uh, time to close, time to ramp, things like that. And if we can tie those things in and actually meaningfully track it, then, you know, me as a CEO, I'm, you know, willing to support any of these initiatives. Awesome. And I'd love to talk about some of the initiatives that you guys have had at Sendo. So can you talk to us about maybe one or two of the sales enablement initiatives that have been most impactful for your reps and why? 
Yeah, uh, great question. So uh, one of the initiatives was around uh, really creating content that they can leverage at their disposal. Uh, so this was key to where we're looking at cr uh, marketing created content for uh, different verticals, different personas, um, and that and that was really key in terms of the sales enablement piece because you know again kind of goes all the way back to the personalization and being having the right content that resonates with the buyer. And we're we're all in on sales enablement. We actually have a enablement director that looks across um, actually more than just sales. And then there's a sales enablement team, um, instructional designers, et cetera, under him as well. So we wanted to make sure that we've really doubled down on training um, and other initiatives and provided you know leadership for that as well. Interesting. And you mentioned that you're looking beyond just sales. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, look at how uh, what we're doing in training for sales is relevant for the customer success team and how we're kind of aligning and training uh, customer success team based on how we're providing, you know, supporting content and, um, you know, training and retraining for the sales team. So we kind of look at it as the entire customer journey. And if we're doing sales enablement and only focused on the sales side, how are we looking at kind of the, the customer enablement piece too and uh, making sure that it's all consistent? I love that. There's been a lot of talk around ensuring that enablement is actually spanning the entire customer life cycle. So I love that you guys are very much on the cutting edge on that front. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a lot of companies double down on just this, the prospect sales enablement, creating content for that when, you know, creating that same content and marketing it to the existing customers can be just as important. I think uh, that's why we really uh, remove the word sales enablement and have an enablement director that kind of looks across all the customer uh, buying life cycle. And then we have a specific individuals focused on just the sales side, um, as well as you know some of the instructional design. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.